everybody. Welcome back to Witch Sweat. I am your host, Melissa Word. I have recorded this intro uh, so many times, which I think is quite hilarious and ironic for an episode entitled Getting Unpalatable, that sometimes, this is, this is the funny thing about sound and editing world, is you can really just edit out everything that is unpalatable. Everything that sounds stupid, and everything you just wish you hadn't said. You can just cut it right out. Anyways, I am back with you, my good people, this week to share an excerpt from a free talk that I gave very recently called, you guessed it, Getting Unpalatable. I share with an extremely lovely group of people some somatic strategies for how to actually get more sturdy in your own body, your own sense of yourself, so you can feel like a person, be a whole person that is a little less overly concerned with being what everybody else needs from us. And even if you've really spent a lot of time recovering from people pleasery, and you're like, yeah, I don't really do that anymore, but... I still feel the tightness and constriction when it comes to being misunderstood by certain people in certain situations by the world. We really dig into like where that stuff lives in the body and what are some somatic tools to help like loosen that all for the sake of being able to just come into a sense of intactness and willingness to let the totality of life blow through you. Let the chips fall where they may, but at least you could taste your own authenticity. You know what I'm saying? Just big stuff, right? Big stuff. So that's what I'm sharing today. Uh, We had a great time, and so I'm going to just keep rolling with this business and kicking this material into high gear. So I want to let you know, dear listener, that next week, next Tuesday, I'm going to be teaching a dance class version of this unpalatability business. It's called Getting Unpalatable Dance Class. And we're going to be experimenting with, like, what does it mean to physically take up more space as our realist and most peculiar selves. Like it's really cute to listen to a podcast about it. It's really cute to talk about it. But this, as they say, the issues be living in our tissues. So we're going to come together. We're going to play. It's going to be very light, very fun, but we're going to really inhabit some of this material and like shake, shake it off. Right. And all of the creative fun ways there are to shake it off. Uh, if this sounds like fun to you, it sounds like fun to me. Maybe it sounds fun to you. You can check out all the details and sign up to join us in the link in our show notes. Okay, now on to the show. I love you. Thank you so much for being here. I actually want to start by telling you a funny story of something that happened this morning as I was preparing for this call. Um, I took a walk, which is something I do often, and I went 
in an area where I walk often. And I have seen since the beginning of summer, these sunflowers being planted. I walk by them almost every day and I'm like, beep, beep, hello, little friends. I see them getting taller and taller and taller. I'm amused by the evidence of growth before my very eyes. And I've been away from where I live in Atlanta for about a month. And this morning I walked past this area and the sunflowers are nine feet tall. They're massive. And their, their stem, I want to say their trunk because their stem is like this big around now. And they're so tall and lanky and it's so late in the summer that they're actually like wilted and pouring over the fence that is, was once kind of like a four foot fence that was kind of propping them up. And I thought there was something about that moment that was like, you, you need to look at this moment. You need to like clock this moment for this unpalatability talk. And I sat there and sort of, and, and spent time and was just looking at these sunflowers. And it really, I felt like I was at a funeral, the way that they were, you know, they're, they're dropping their seeds and the way that they're just like face up to the sky. And I thought like, this is, this is where we are headed. This is the, the dance that all of us are doing. We get to be a sunflower. The seed is encoded with our particular magic. The promise of blooming happens. And the inevitability of the fallen stalk will come to all of us. And the phrase that came to mind was, death is our greatest accountability partner. When it comes to thinking about whatever the reason it is that you came to this call, this moment, with the desire to unfurl yourself a little bit more, turn your sunflower blossom to the sun a little bit more, it's like the stakes are actually very high because there is this end of summer inevitable wither and fade. And I got like, I got emotional. And then this happens often when I prepare to lead something that is like of this very vulnerable and tender essence. I feel the people arriving wanting to set themselves a little bit more free and wanting to, dear God, not go the way of the wilted sunflower without having fully bloomed. Leaving, leaving your essence, leaving your magic on the table. And so I share that because there's this, you know, this call came out of a response to an episode I did with Narendra Bazin called Your Palatability is a Liability. And she, as a death worker, really brought in this thing that's like, death is on the sidelines. We are so, we are under a very different delusion that that isn't true. But the possibility of there not being many more moments after this one is always available. It's always in the room. 
And so there's, uh, there's just a very high cost. There's a tremendous, like, what is it that we're waiting for? What is it that it will take to, is it a terminal illness? Is it someone else dying? Like, what is it that will like really shake it up and be like, okay, now I'm, now it's time to really let it rip. And now I'm really just going to like stand out with my whole asshole out in the wind and be a weirdo and be unliked, be a problem, be a little ugly, be like, Ooh, she really shouldn't have posted that. Like she should have left that in the drafts. Oh my God. Right. Okay. So that is my sunflower parable. I feel like sunflower, a spirit medicine in the room. That's really, um, like the, the wilted head of the sunflower is, uh, the chandelier dangling over the zoom room. So with that, we are going to jump into a certain kind of tool. If it is available to you, I invite you to pull up a Google Doc slash grab something to write with and a pen. Or you can also just like close your eyes and think of the answer to the question I'm about to ask you. I will fully give full disclosure that I know it's a weird brain dance to be like, I'm listening to someone talking and now I need to like think for myself and write now. If that's a threshold you're crunching over, full respect and uh, let that let that be true for you. But I want us to take a moment and I'm going to put a couple minutes on the timer and we're going to think about where the places are in your life that you feel a sense of constriction and like needing to be a little more right or needing to get things right before you feel relaxed. And before we do this, as you're gathering the materials and opening the Google Doc and kind of just letting that marinate, I will say, for example, it would be my greatest desire, one of my greatest desires in this moment in teaching this class is that I could be the most palatable host for you, right? There's a part of me that wants to open the Zoom screen because I invited people to come to this thing. And I'm like, well, it better be fucking good. People are, pe this is a whole hour of people's time. Like, uh, I okay, I better be clear. I better be concise. I better keep it moving. I better not ramble and talk about the sunflowers for, for too long. That'll be weird. I better like keep us on. These are things that are like at the edge of the room for me, right? I can feel that what happens in my body is immediate constriction. There's another part of me that's like, I love to set a table. I love to light the candles, lay out the, the tablecloth, put a little flower in a jar and just invite the people and let them have a great time. And I'm actually not responsible for managing anybody like the, the time that they're having, right? And so when I feel into that distinction, it's like, where am I putting the brakes on? 
like one version of those, one version of that reality of opening the Zoom screen, I feel for myself is like, oh, it better, I, I better. And it's like, I'm pressing the brakes on my own being, my own breathing. So I share that to say, if you can feel into that like energetic quality of the example that I just gave. We're going to take a few moments to just stream of consciousness to really not censor yourself or not even censor, but just like, do I, I don't know, like no analysis brain, just like kind of getting it all out. Um, Is it social media before you post something? Is it a certain person in your life where you just don't really feel like you can say the things you want to say? Is it with your children that you just are like, man, I've got to get this thing right before I address this thing with my child. I've got to like have it airtight before we talk about this thing. Is it the way you dress, the way you look, right? So here's a little sprinkle of ideas. Um, If it feels fun to you, that this is the invitation that I'm going to put five minutes on the clock. I'm going to do this with you. Um, and to also recognize that, yeah, that there's there might be like a, a threshold for wanting to write about this stuff. And if it's too much today, just take this as like a prompt for later and let this be a moment where you get a tea, sip a tea. And I'm going to invite us to read what we wrote to ourselves, not to each other. (laughs) Surprise! Um, Read to yourself what you wrote with a very specific lens of as if you are a witness. Maybe some of you have children. Um, Maybe some of you have done some inner child work, some reparenting work, but you're going to read this list as if a small, beautiful child is coming to you to tell you about this terrible day that happened at school. And you are reading it with just an enormous amount of like tenderness, love, compassion, and like, oh, this sweet child. Right. So just take a moment. Some of our lists might be three words. Some of them might be three pages. Now, wherever you are in your reading, you're going to choose one that kind of really stands out to you that like is a little glimmery and that has some people associated with it, right? That has like, you you know the people that you think about when you're like, every time before I post to social media, I feel like a fraud. I feel lame. I feel judged. I feel like I'm going to say the wrong thing. I feel like it's not going to be cute. That perhaps there are, in my mind, I have two people that I think about every time I go to post on social media. They have no idea I think about them. I haven't talked to one of them in years, but they're just the weird, funny person that pops into my mind right before I go to to post something on social media as as an example. And so from this list, if you're able to extract like one to two people that you feel like kind of hold down the, the, the fort, have a monopoly, have some real estate in your mind 
that are like, this is the, this is the person that I think about before I, before I go to the party, I'm thinking about that one person that's going to be at the party. And I'm like, oh, constriction. So we're going to hold on to that person or those people, and we're going to let them, we're going to invite the idea of them into this moment with us. And they're just like chilling on the sidelines over here, like stage left. They're just hanging out and we're going to um, hang out with them in a, in a moment. Um, but the, the, the biggest tool that I want to share for today is a sort of three-parter practice of what it actually means to sturdy yourself enough, become a little bit more tempered so that when you face the inevitable projections of other people, there is this inner fortitude that doesn't allow you to hide anymore that doesn't allow you to keep like staying in the constricted small space right i think about for example my background is i grew up as a hardcore ballet dancer right so from jump i learned that i actually could solve the riddle of perfection if i just shoulder this way head this way don't eat lunch like do my exercises with my ankles and feet every night, I can be the best, most beautiful swan queen in the room, right? And there's something about, that's a sort of extreme example, but that energy is very pervasive in the groundwater of what a lot of us have been trained in, right? That you actually could solve the riddle, and this is protect, particularly strong, I find, for those of us who have been acculturated as white women or white people who were socialized as girls, that your whiteness affords you a, a type of rightness. And it's just that girlhood thing that you need to like wrangle and you need to like tuck in and try to get right. So this feeling of if I could just read what this room needs from me, and then if I could just read what I think my partner, my husband needs from me so that I don't like step on his toes too much. And he doesn't like feel like I'm blaming him. Or if I could just assess how to write this email in such a way that my boss doesn't feel threatened, um, but I get what I need right? So this type of gumbying the self is really what I refer to it as. This three-parter thing that I think about is a sort of beginning, middle, and end. It's a, a precursor or what is called um, preventative medicine. And that is this image that I keep in my mind all of the time of a sturdy spine. I, in when I am walking around, just having a beautiful day, I think about where is my spine and my body. And so I will sprinkle in the invitation to you, if it feels delicious to you, that as you're listening to me speak, as you're doing laundry and whatever else you're doing, 
to just sense where is your actual spine in your body. And the really weird thing about your spine is that most of us, I will speak for myself, for most of my life as a dancer, moving person, I understood my spine to be in the back of my body, right? Ooh, all the bony little protrusions, they're back there. That's actually just the spines of the spines, right? But your your actual spinal column is this glorious conduit channel that is in the very middle of your body. And so women in particular, I find there is this dire necessity to get with your spine, right? To like get with the actual center channel of yourself and to fortify that. And I find that just the act of like kind of checking in with my buddy, my spine, helps me know when I am too far extended forward, right? Like physically too far extended forward, energetically, uh, what I have said I will do, what I, how I have put myself out there. And so for just a second more, we're sensing where our this conduit channel like jelly tube in the center of our body is just protected by these bone of the spinal puzzle pieces this like glorious strand of pearls and then i also want to invite you to sense where your eyes are in relationship like the orbs of your eyes in relationship to your spine so this might be a little like trippy and weird, a lot of like inner sensing. But one of my favorite tools for understanding when I have come away from the center of myself is that I can feel my eyes are actually pushing forward, right? Like you may, might even find that you've been like kind of close to the screen because we're so used to that posture of like, uh-huh, I'm listening. I am performing good. I am performing present. I'm performing obedient. I am a really good listener. I'm right here waiting with bated breath. And it's like, who, who is that for? I don't need you to do that for me. So like sensing where your the orbs of your eyes are is like an, it's a temperature gauge for where your energy is. And so that is sort of like the, the preemptive pre-gaming that I do to kind of like sturdy myself regularly. And then when we are in a state of, oh my God, I'm about to go into this meeting and I know myself and I know I get really like hot and bothered and I don't know if I'm going to like uh, say something stupid or I don't know if I'm going to be able to communicate exactly what I want to say. I'm about to go to this party. I don't really want to be here, but trying to be more social. I'm, I'm about to post on Instagram, et cetera. I'm a little like, Ugh, I don't know if I like this. When we are in the center of that moment, 
the two things that I like to do are again, to feel my eyes and then to feel the heart space, but really to feel the space right behind this wall of the front of the heart. And so this is the last place that I will ask us to kind of sense in our bodies for today. And that as you're doing this, I invite us to rethink about those people, those lovely, lovely people who we think about right before we go to do the thing that makes us feel more constriction and a little more eclipsed, the eclipsed hiding version of ourselves or hemmed in, I will say hiding is quite pejorative, but like hemmed in. And just for this last final moment of sensing your interior self, to imagine that those folks, for me, it's two people. So I'm going to say two people, maybe one person, it might be three people, but I'm going to sense them near me as if I could imagine them sitting with me here in this moment. And I have my eyes closed if that's comfortable for you, but you also can sense what this feels like with your eyes open. And in this returning to the heart space place, I just imagine this same sauce, the same aliveness that beats in their hearts. And it is pouring into me, pouring into the shakiness of my heart space. As if those two people who I am so certain are judging the shit out of me are actually here in this moment to fill me up. And I see it as like pouring the contents of a glass, like cup between cups and that there's this exchange of rooting for each other, rooting for me, rooting for them. And even if you're like, there's no way in hell that would happen. I have an extremely fraught relationship with this person. We're really like operating at the higher frequency of, of consciousness and, or Another way to say that that maybe is easier to grab onto is like, we're playing with our imagination and this doesn't have to be a real one-to-one experience of your relationship with this person. And if you are in that moment currently of feeling what it might feel like to have these potential adversaries or even people you like, your best friends can give you this feeling of hemming you in from this heart space place, like chalices, pouring liquid honey, manna, back and forth between each other. And you can stay with that image for a moment if it's interesting to you, or you can open your eyes and come out of it. And the very last thing that I would love to share with you before we 
open it up to some combo and some Q&A is I shared this on my social media the other day. This is the um, part three of this little particular tool. Um, so a friend of mine did this performance art piece a couple of years ago before I knew her, where she invited people to come in. No words were spoken, sit in front of her. She had this like intense veil in front of her face. You had to walk down this long corridor to be in front of her. She pulls up the veil and she has this little note card that says, sit down in front of me. I'll look into your eyes and I'll write you a little note about what I see. It was much more poetic than that. But that was the gist of this performance art piece. So I like walk down this hall and like, wow, okay, this is kind of intense. Sit down in front of her. And the note, I still have it, that she wrote to me is, your fire is bright. Some will get burned. Let them. And I share this with you because it is the last tool for this sturdying of the spine, being with the heart space, and allowing your supposed adversaries to pour into you. And then the final piece of that, those, those first two feel a little bit like, just uh, like laying the foundation. The third part of this is the fire piece. Like you will have, the more you unfurl your wingspan, the more you give yourself permission to say the kind of silly, unpopular thing, to be like, hello world, I made this zine. I've had it sitting in my hard drive for four years and I, it's probably really dumb, but I'm going to just put it out on the internet and like unfurl, unfurl. When you do that, the more you do that, it is only natural that you will be like, what have I done? Oh my God. And people will sometimes be like, what did you do? Why did you do that? You just left a fart in the room. And it was like, turns out you're not perfect. Turns out you're not the most adored and loved and like person. <gasps> Right. And so what do we do then? It is my sincere feeling that we like actually have to have the like, okay, open the Mary Poppins bag. What tool am I going to pull out when somebody came at me and thinks I'm stupid and thinks I'm just like so dismissible. So like, oh, well, what's she doing out here? Right. Or fear, nightmare. Right. This is when I invoke the medicine of the holy fire, right? And I let myself sit in the holy fire because that's what it feels like. It feels like, oh, wait, somebody doesn't like me. I'm being burned alive. This is horrible. <laughs> somebody had something to say about this offering that I worked so hard on. Somebody had something to say. Like I literally was at a party last night and somebody made fun of me. Somebody I don't know. Somebody I do not know was like, I heard him like repeat something I said and laugh to his friends. It's like, wow, remarkable. Sit in the fire. Thank you. Thank you, sir, for offering me this fire that is like a funeral pyre for me to burn off the parts of me that are so terrified of being seen. Thank you. You just gave me, you gave me the thing that I needed. You poured 
that you, you like chopped the wood and put it in front of me and lit the match. You gave that to me person who doesn't like me or has told me I'm wrong. My God, let me just, great. I'm going to lay on top of the funeral pyre. And I'm going to sit here in the wild agonizing, but also like with that mindset, I'm like, oh, hurts so good. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. It's like for the freaks among us who like to take a cold shower, you're like, this is the worst thing ever. Oh, wow. Okay. I feel alive like never before. Well, y'all in this final moment, I just want to say again that um, it's truly remarkable. I really think like, like you're here for yourself, right? You're here because there are things that are painful inside of you that you want more love poured upon and you want there to be a softness or a shifting of something that feels icky inside of you, right? But just to say as a final note that like you being here is actually, I truly believe, I don't think this is hyperbole. I don't think this is just like sentimental fluff, but like you, your choice to be here is changing the planet. It really is because uh, it's sort of cliche to say like the world needs your very special magic, but like the world needs you in this, like what Nico just brought up of like, the world needs you to be like, ah, I'm in my spine. I'm fucking here and I'm not taking shit. And I'm peculiar as hell. You're welcome. And that like, you don't know what, what magic, I say magic, but it's like, that's sort of a stand-in word. Cause I'm like, I don't even know what it is. Whatever is hiding in the wings under, like in the wings of the stage, but also in the wings of you that are tucked in, afraid to really like take up the full expansion, whatever is like up under there. It's like, that's the next cure for something. That's the next app that's going to change a million people's lives. That's the next something that's going to affect one person and make their life more bearable. Maybe make it so that they actually can stay alive on the planet a little bit longer. That stuff is tucked up in your, your little chicken wings. <laughs> and so I just want to extend a thank you to you for like doing your service to the planet and to the collective by becoming more trustworthy, you becoming more sturdy and becoming more real and less allegiant to being likable. It's actually, that's your, your, you're stewarding the collective by that kind of trustworthiness. All right, y'all, that's the show. Thank you so much for being here. If something really sparked slash piqued your interest, please do us the delightful favor and send it along to someone you know that you think would really dig it too. Also, if you could subscribe, like, review the show, it makes a difference. It really does. I know we all, us podcast hosts and folk, be asking for that a lot. We're a needy bunch, what can I say? but it makes a difference. Thank you. I love you. Good night. All right, sing me your song. Rich sweat, rich sweat.